Hello and welcome to the latest Safer West Mercia podcast. My name is John Campion and I'm the West Mercia Police and Crime Commissioner. And today I'm joined by Hannah and I'll let uh, Hannah introduce herself and, uh, and what she does. Thanks, John. My name's Hannah Taylor and I am the SARC, which is the Sexual Assault Referral Centre Manager for the Glade, which is the West Mercia SARC. So, uh, Sexual uh, Assault Referral Centre uh, sounds, a, sounds a, a, you know, a pretty horrific um, uh, institution to have to have in terms of, uh, a, 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 you know, it's a sad indictment that these things happen in our society. How did you, how did you end up being involved? What was your a bit of career history to, to end up where you, where you are now? So, um, prior to working for um, the Glade SARC, I actually worked for West Mercia Police in um, the Domestic Abuse Unit as a civilian uh, many years ago before the SARC actually opened in November 2012. Um, and when the SARC opened, I saw the opportunity to join a fantastic team and a great service. And um, I came on board and I've been with the service ever since. So a long career in, in supporting victims and supporting, uh, you know, particularly uh, the victims of, of sexual assault. Absolutely. I've, I've, victims have always been at the heart of everything that I've wanted to be a part of, um, whether that be domestic abuse victims, sexual violence victims, victims in general. Do you think in your time, long term, uh, in, in terms of this particular area, do you, do you think you've seen a change in societal attitudes to how we support how how we support uh, victims or, or not do you think it's do you think it stayed the same I think I have seen a change I think there's forever that feeling that we've got a long way to go and I think it's about breaking down, down those barriers and breaking down those myths and those stereotypes and the media um, bringing things to the forefront hopefully will help change people's attitudes and hopefully with education which I hope that us along with other partner agencies are constantly bringing that forward to help educate people and change people's views of victims but also perpetrators as well and help that understanding because that whole um the decade that you've just referred to of it being there the society has moved on slowly or stutteringly around um you know um, associating somebody's assault with um, with what they were wearing or their behavior uh, we have moved on to some to some extent uh, i also think we have moved on as well in terms of that commitment to wanting to support that person to cope and recover afterwards to which the sark is a is, is a is a key integral part uh, making sure making sure that happens um, I'm interested uh, in, in, in how the service works and the listeners uh, are getting to understand how, how it works because there might be somebody who might need the services, for example, who listen to the podcast or, or might know somebody that does. But just um, explain a little bit about what the self-referral service uh, works like and, 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 and why. You know, what, does it, what can it then do to help support the victims of sexual assault? So I think if we take it back to basics and look at the model as a whole um, and then go into self-referral. So the SARC is ultimately a specialist facility um, which can look like a forensic facility. It could be a facility for offering information, emotional support to people. Um, and that can be anybody who's been assaulted recently or non-recently as well. Uh, we have the two sites that are based within West Mercia, uh, one within Brantford in Worcestershire and the other within Wellington in Telford. Um, and ultimately, people can access our service either as part of a police response if they report a rape or a sexual assault to the police and it's appropriate for a medical examination to take place, or as a self-referral. So those may be the people who 
don't want to report to the police, aren't sure whether they can report to the police or should report to the police. Um, and ultimately, it gives the people with the self-referral service, it gives people the option that they didn't have um, just over nine years ago when we opened. Prior to the SARC um, opening, the option was either people reported to the police and had a medical examination, or maybe they didn't tell anybody about it, or maybe they sought support through another channel, but they didn't have one facility that could pull all of that together. So vitally with that self-referral service, people can come to us for an examination if it's um, something that's happened recently. We can store and gather forensic evidence for them um, for a period of time, which allows them time to think about their options. Do they want to report to the police? Would they like support in place to be able to help them look at that option? Do they want to just explore their options and Maybe they want us to put things in place for them in terms of follow-up that might help support them further. Um, equally, we have people, the SARC is not just for people who've been assaulted recently. We have people who've contacted us who ultimately they may have been assaulted months, years, multiple years ago, and they don't know their options. Or we've had people come to us and ultimately they were assaulted maybe 10, 20 years ago, and they don't think that reporting to the police is an option. And it's not until they speak to somebody specialist within our service that they are, they are, well, they have the information ultimately to know that it's not all about forensics. There are other things that if they wanted to report, we can help with that um, and we can discuss their options. And the very main thing with the self-referral um, and with the police option is that the ball is always in the victim's court. We're there to give the victim power and control back. Because that's a key part of all of this, isn't it, in terms of by... Um, engaging with the service there's no uh, you know information passed straight to the police uh, that the power uh, quite rightly remains with the individual uh, and indeed that process of re-empowerment to, to around ultimately um, uh, supporting whatever they want and, and, and I've heard very, heard very strongly within what you've just said it might be about them support so that they can ultimately get what they want but they might not know what they want right at the beginning because um, luckily it's very few of us are ever involved in uh, any situation like that and the, a very alien alien environment and knows what's possible and, and indeed uh, what could happen. In terms of the volume, it's not huge numbers, is it? It's not huge numbers that come through come through the front door. It's not in terms of, in comparison to maybe other local areas, um, the numbers aren't necessarily large in compar comparison to maybe our local force in West Midlands, for example. Um, however, we recognise that whenever we have a quiet spell during our service, that doesn't mean that people aren't being assaulted. It doesn't mean that it's not happening, which can be some people's um, common misperception. Ultimately, they think if people aren't using our service, then people aren't being assaulted. But it's also about us being able to tell people we are here for them. We We'll be led by them. We're here, even if they want to just find out what their options are um, and for us to give them that information for them to go away and make their own decision. Because um, um, it, it's sexual, um, it, it sexual abuse and sexual violence awareness week. Um, and, and I think that's a key bit um, I, I, I've heard around the service being there. And uh, I don't think, well, we know it's a sad fact in our society, whether it be uh, domestic abuse or sexual violence, um, or, or, or sexual violence within a domestic abuse setting, it, the likelihood of it being reported, unfortunately, it isn't always very, very high. Uh, and so what would be your, your messages during, uh, during that week to ensure that those that need the service would have the confidence to come forward uh, and access it if that's what they wanted? 
My words would be, we're here for them. And ultimately, if we've had multiple people come to us and say, if I hadn't have done this, if I hadn't have done that, and my message is always, rape and sexual assault is never the victim's fault. It's always the perpetrator. They are the one that's committed the crime. And it doesn't matter if there's other things that the victim thinks. If they hadn't have done that, it's never about that. It's always the perpetrator's fault what's happened. It's them that's committed the offence. We're there for discussing options. And I'd encourage people to come forward to make a call to us. Even if it's not them directly, it could be a friend, a family member, another professional maybe they've reached out to. Find out what their options are and that we, there's no judgment with us. We are 100% there for them and led by those people and that we need to break down those barriers and help break the silence around rape and sexual assault. There's, um, and it's very uh, of the time, but there's, you see the, uh, on, on Facebook and other uh, social media platforms, the, uh, the message about your daughters to be safe and then it's crossed out and they put, you know, um, educate your sons um, to be respectful. Uh, and the sad case remains that the vast majority of sexual violence is perpetrated by men towards women. Um, but it's not exclusively, is it? And your service is, is inclusive in terms of um, all sexual violence. It's not just about um, uh, female victims, even though, uh, you know, the sad fact remains it is a, um, a predominant uh, victim group. Absolutely, yes. So absolutely anybody can access our service regardless of their gender, their background, their beliefs, anybody. Even people outside of the West Mercia area, can you can choose to go to or contact whichever SARC you want. So it doesn't have to be your local SARC. And there might be a barrier there as to why you don't want to contact your local SARC, but that shouldn't isolate you. So ultimately anybody can contact our service um, and we can offer them, we can look at their options, we can find out how we can help them. And we can help make onward referrals, discuss support, give them information and be there ultimately for that person in their time of need. Um, some parts of sexual violence is associated with power and, uh, and, and indeed um, uh, people who have been um, victims or survivors uh, in, in some of the accounts and victims I've talked to talk about having that power taken away, that sense of feeling, feeling powerless. Um, some of the things you've talked about is around um, giving choices, empowering through information, and then um, ultimately uh, empowering to make the actual decision. Um, just give, just bring to life a little bit about how the, some of the services um, make that make that happen. How uh, that engagement with a victim. How how would it bring back that that sense of of, of control and that sense of empowerment. So for those people that come for a medical examination, um, whether that's through the police or whether that's as a self-referral, those people, are they obviously see a doctor, a nurse or a midwife as part of our service and also a crisis worker to be able to support them. And those people would discuss that victim's options and also obviously the options that are suitable for them and also the ev evidence gathering. And it's it's about us explaining to that victim that Ultimately, if there's some things you want to progress with and other things that you don't, it's we're 100% there for you. And if you want to stop the process at any point in terms of a medical examination, it stops. And it's about explaining to that victim that we are, we're listening to them, we are 100% with them, and that actually it's about them making choices. And for those people who don't um, want a medical examination, and not everybody does, or they don't maybe fit the criteria of having one, it's about explaining those options to that victim. And also, maybe those people are unsure about what they want to progress with in terms of um, support. So it's about explaining to them that, would they like us to give them a call back? 
agree a time and a date, put the ball back in their court so they're making the decision about what they want and that we can tailor everything to their needs. And um, the, the system of supporting somebody who's been a victim um, in, in this type of, of, of crime or an incident, um, it's not just a medical, it's not just the service that you provide directly. And uh, there is a, a network, a much wider network of support. Um, as Commissioner, I'm proud of the services we provide, but I'm also concerned that we don't provide enough. So it is an area uh, where, of course, we strive to provide more services. But just interested as well as to how um, your part of the system then ensures that other services that are out there to support those individuals, uh, the right connections made and, the, and, the, and that right um, fanning out into the network of support happens. I think that's the key thing, having those connections. If you don't work well with other partners and have the knowledge to be able to make onward referrals, we are very much that very small first jigsaw piece, but without the support of the other organisations, such as the Is for Service, or the Independent Sexual Violence Advisor Service, counselling that's offered from Razak down in the um, the south and access up in the north, um, without referring on to those options and having those people and those smooth processes in place, they are the bigger jigsaw that ultimately will support people once those people have been to the SARC, if they consent to having those referrals. We'll also make onward referrals to places like sexual health, so smoothing that pathway for somebody to be able to go to sexual health, not have to wait in a waiting room um, and be asked the right questions so we'll information share with those people. Um, And we'll also work with people such as GP practices, domestic abuse services, mental health services, and also safeguarding as well. Um, So it's about having that joined-up approach so that we are all working together for that victim and their needs. We've seen uh, we've seen quite extraordinary scenes over the last couple of years with the pandemic and uh, very much a, a health emergency to which the NHS and uh, and health services have had an incredibly tough time through. Um, have you seen Have you seen the impact of COVID uh, on on your particular area of, of work? And um, have you still been able to provide that support through uh, through the last couple of years? Absolutely, I think everybody's seen the impact of COVID, and it's. Um... It's been an interesting time where at the very beginning of the pandemic, our numbers dropped massively. Um, And there's that worry about how can we increase people coming forward because it's still going to be happening. Um, It's just about raising that awareness that we're still there. There's still that continuity of our service. And throughout the pandemic, our service has been open 24 hours a day, um, like it has been for the rest of the time. We've obviously been able to manage um, where COVID has impacted the service in terms of staff, because without our amazing staff and our team that we have within the Glade, we wouldn't be able to offer the service that we do today. So it's about having those resources and those people that are supporting the service to ensure that we maintain it. And we have seen the figures increase. Um, Sadly, we've also seen the level of violence as part of assaults as well also increase during the pandemic. Um, And so it's very important for us to make sure that we're supporting our staff as well to be able to deliver that best service for the victims that are coming forward to us. Um, But yeah, we're doing everything we can. It's been really hard that we've not been able to go out physically um, over the last two years as much as we normally would do to try and raise awareness of the service. However, it's been really important that we still continue to raise that profile in any way that we can um, because rape and sexual assault, as you can appreciate, is a it's not in people's um, comfort zone around wanting to know necessarily about our service. So 
if you aren't, you can raise all the awareness you want, but unfortunately it's not until maybe somebody's been placed in a position where they need our service that maybe that person turns to online or goes to their GP or sexual health to find out what do I do? So ultimately people don't necessarily know about us. So we're forever trying to increase that awareness around the service and get people to reach out. Because you, you've hit on a, a key point for me around um, around awareness. Um, somebody doesn't know they need the service until until it's happened more often than not. And, and I know our, our awareness, um, um, say somebody who's been a multiple victim, say in a domestic setting, but that, that one-off serious sexual assault is, is a once-in-a-lifetime incident, isn't it, mm. potentially? And, and you don't equip yourself often in life for those events, do you? It's not something you prepare for because you don't think it's going to going to happen and that uh, easy access to information I've heard loud and clear is really important and uh, uh, and I know uh, and we'll put the links to the websites um, uh, on the uh, with the podcast because I think that um, being able to self-serve information really 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 important is part of that uh, empowerment so uh, I uh, as commissioner uh, not only act as the governance of the police I also uh, provide uh, support for victims and and crime prevention um, if you were if you were me for a day, um, uh, what would be the what would be your first priority? What would be the first things that you would uh, you would want to do? I'm probably going to look um, to say that I would be focusing on looking at the sexual violence services we have in the north of the force. Ultimately, um, maybe around the Sark to look at what can we do um, uh, to look at those services and ultimately maybe do a bit of work around that. I'd also love to have um, at my fingertips your open book to all the people that I could potentially reach out to I think that would be obviously if I was to be the PCC for a day and then return back to my (laughs) self-management role um, I would absolutely love to have um, all of your contacts at my fingertips so I definitely utilize that as well so how so for me I get from that is how we utilize the network or the or or the or the influence I, I get from my office to be able to to further because I think that's a key bit is that we're all all joined up for the same intent aren't we but we're not always as joined up as we as we could be and I know my commissioning team uh, work closely with, uh, with 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 you guys and uh, using our influence for for greater good I think is a really a really nice aspiration uh, if you were mine for the day so when you were PCC for the day if you'd also have a look at my emails uh, I, I'd be <laughs> grateful as well because that's uh, there's a pretty high uh, high volume in there um, I'm really grateful, uh, Hannah, for you uh, joining and, and talking about the work of uh, the Sexual um, Assault Referral Centre here in West Mercia. Uh, hopefully, uh, listeners will have been able to hear and understand some of the mechanics and the practical applications of the of the really important work that you and your team do. And I do want to thank you and your team for the work that you you do. And I've referred to it a couple of times. Often, um, a crisis point, uh, you know, a single crisis point within some people's lives and sometimes it might be a series of 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 incidents but it, it is you know a significant uh, you know life um, affecting event to which uh, your team support um, our community in in, in ultimately uh, coping with and uh, you touched on the uh, pandemic and the challenges and I know the good work has continued through that uh, to which our victims uh, and survivors are incredibly incredibly grateful for uh, there will be some people listening to this podcast who might have been uh, affected by the issues that we've been talking about or might know somebody who's been uh, affected. Uh, There is more information uh, around victim services both um, on on my website, West Mercia PCC, but also on the uh, West Mercia Police uh, website. Um, And and ultimately, we will provide all those details within the description 
of this podcast. But as you've heard loud and clear from Hannah and from others, um, it might feel impossible, it might feel uh, helpless, but there is always um, help out there. And uh, that bravery to step forward and seeking that help, uh, whether it be directly to the police or or anonymously or indeed self-referrals into some of our victim services, there is always help out there and and we can always help in in some way. I'd like to thank those uh, for listening uh, today to this podcast. I'd like to thank Hannah uh, for joining uh, me today. Thank you, John. And uh, I'd uh, like to uh, just remind uh, all listeners that uh, and beneath this podcast, uh, we'll provide the links to the services that we have referred to.